Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've been waiting for, a podcast for podcasters. This is Creating the Greatest Show, and I'm your host, Casey Cheshire. Join me as we interview podcast hosts and investigate the ingredients of a successful interview podcast. We'll talk mistakes, earned skills, powerful questions, and more. This show is sponsored by Ringmaster, completely done for you, B2B podcast production. And this thing cannot be put back in the box. We have unwrapped the cellophane and this adventure is beginning and and there's no turning back here. So who am I talking to? My guest today, he's an absolute amazing guy, total badass, so much to say. He's, he's, He's so giving, he's charismatic, he's generous, but what is he? He's a serial entrepreneur, sales and marketing advisor, coach, mentor to the stars, to the biggest entrepreneurs and growing companies out there. He's a serial author. That's not the serial you eat. That means he's written many, many books, many books, four books. He's worked with half the Fortune 500 companies, and he loves podcasting like we do. Podcast host of the Proven Entrepreneur Show. And guess what? 90 plus episodes in a year and a half, a lot more now than he ever did. Four or five companies, one of which he is the CEO at Don Williams Global. Don Williams, welcome to the show, sir. Casey, thank you so much for having me today. I am so excited to be with a fellow professional podcaster talking about podcasting on a podcast. Um, what, know, an awesome, right? what an awesome environment. I'm thrilled. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And it's so mad. And I just want to make sure I get this right. You have done over 90 shows in a year and a half, right? Yes, sir. On that show. Right. Yeah, so pu- posted, published. Out there published. in the world, right? You know, we're far ahead of that on recordings and editings and edits and all that. Where would you say how many podcasts have you done total in your life as a host? We'll say oh, as I a know host. That That's a good. Yeah. That, I'm glad you. I'm glad you were specific. So I probably recorded 125 ish. Yeah. Okay, and and then let me ask the question you or answer the question you didn't ask. I've probably been a guest 70 times on other podcasts. Oh, I love it. Okay. And, and that's really what led me into podcasting. Gotcha. People well, would hear being my po- on these shows and it's like, maybe I should have my own. Well, they would hear me guest and, and they would reach out and say, hey, would you be a guest on my show? Because I liked what I heard when you did that show. And I was like, oh, sure. You know, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy to talk. Why not? Right. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Uh, well, let me start this show off by asking the question we ask everyone, uh, and I can't wait to hear the, the conversation around this and learn from you. So, Don, pull back the curtain for us on your show and share with us your most important strategy for great interview podcast. Great, great question. So, um, probably the most important point that has helped me be a good interviewer is that I am, I practice radical candor. And so I am brutally authentic. And by my practice of radical candor, my guests are unbelievably authentic and candid. And so they're just telling their story I've, I've had many guests that were that said, hey, I'm a little intimidated because like you, we do a, a video 
we record audio, video, and then we post some audio on all the podcast platforms. We also post video. But um, time and time again, I hear that, you know, like two minutes into the interview, I forgot I was on camera. I was just talking with you. Yeah. And and I was like, and, and that's why it's a great episode, because I, the audience, I think, is kind of eavesdropping on this really candid, really authentic, really vulnerable conversation between me and the guest. Love that. The idea of you, you can forget that you're even on a recording. You know what helps me for that is getting rid of that self-view. Do you have that on? Do you leave that on? Or you- I, 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 leave it, I do leave it on, but you know, <laughs> you're kind of centered yeah. You know, so so you're above me. Yeah. Okay. And then you're directly beneath my camera. And so, um, you, you know, one of my books, Romancing Your Customer, is all about seeing things from the other person's perspective. Sure. And so I, I want to. I'm. I never look at me. I, I know what I look like anyway. Um. But but I am constantly looking <laughs> at my guest, yeah. or or in this case, my host, yeah. because I'm the guest and. And it probably appears that I'm looking dead in the camera because your eyes and the camera are about this far apart. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it helps me judge. Um, I think VideoCon, whether it's Zoom or FaceTime or Skype or whatever, is the best form of communication on the planet other than face to face, three and a half feet apart. Um, and so if it's really. If the conversation is really complex or high value, you know, so if I was going to propose marriage, I'd want to, <laughs> I'd want to do that face to face. It's really complex and it's really high value. Okay. If I'm going to close a million dollar deal, I want to do that face to face. If I can't do it face to face, I want to have this, what mm-hmm. we're doing right now, right. because even it's it's not it's not as rich an experience as face to face but i can right. still read i can emote and you can receive emotion and i can um i i can judge up because our brains are making a million decisions a second about how to communicate yeah based on what the other person's doing so i leave my camera up i leave my view up but um but it's all about you casey all about you brother I love it. You know, and, and these are the fun. Thanks for going on that sidetrack with me about the self view. These are the fun things we get to get into. And, and sometimes we, we roll up our sleeves and we talk about, you know, did you click here? Um, but let me take us back to this radical candor, because I feel like even this offshoot into video and seeing expressions probably builds on this whole idea. Uh, what What is radical candor and how do I do it? So radical candor is just the blood on the floor, brutal truth. Mm. No, no window dressing, no um, lipstick. It's just, it is what it is. And, you know, you and I met each other. We, we know each other yep. personally and professionally, but we met each other through uh, Entrepreneurs Organization, EO. Right. Um, and EO really promotes um, authenticity. And, and vulnerability. So um, my, and, and I just did Culture Index for the first time, if you oh, can imagine. You? Yeah, and I've done Myers-Briggs and you know, I've done all of them, I think, except Culture Index. But a client said, well, would you do Culture Index? Because I only hire people that are different than me. And 
and they're looking for me to help them as a consultant. And I mean, we're going to blow their lives up. I mean, it's going to yeah, explode. Sure. But, um, but probably my favorite is one called the Via Survey, and it, and it judges you on twenty character strengths. And it doesn't mean so, that sorry, number tw- Via Via like uh, V is in Victor, I is in intelligent, yeah. and A is in active. Um, and so it, it judges you on 20 character strengths. And it doesn't mean that your 20th is your weak, you know, is not a strength, it's a weakness. It just means it's harder for you, you know. And so, and I'll tell you my weakness first, that way I'm not bragging. <laughs> so um, my 20th is fairness. Interesting. And, and when I took this, the person said, Man, you're like one of the most fair people I know. Yeah. I'm like, But let me tell you why it's true. I don't even believe in the concept of fairness. Cool. I think the only thing that's fair is that you realize it's all unfair. Okay. (laughs) And that's the only thing that's fair. There is no fairness. That's that's merely a a perception that the individual has on is it fair or not. So I I don't even believe in that. But but my top three are judgment, perspective, and honesty. And that's kind of an unusual or unique um, top three. And so I've been one of those people who practiced radical candor my whole life, even before, way before I got to Yo. So, yeah. um, and, and consequently, you know, I was I was like top salesman in the nation and top sales manager in the nation, and I went into real estate, sold seventeen houses my first month, and you know, kind of crazy performance level type stuff. Right. And people would be like, "How do you do that?" You're such a great salesman. I'm like, I really don't think I am. I know this. People like to buy from me. I'm smart enough to let them. And um, and so back then I would have said I'm sincere. And today I think the word that we would use the most would be authentic. And so to me, radical candor, tie bow in this. And every once in a while, I might chase, chase a rabbit, Casey. You might have to pull <laughs> me back. Okay, love it, but, man. I don't even have to. I don't even have to <laughs> pull you back into it. It's great. But but radical candor to me is just brutal honesty. Be who you are. Okay, with your guest. I think the whole world will love. And I'm just speaking to the audience now. I think the world will love the real you. And you'll have some haters. Okay, but for the most part, the world will love the mm. real you, but the world will not be able to stomach a false you. Mm. And they'll sense it, feel it, know it, right? They don't even know how they know it. They'll just know it. And so to, to me, radical candor is just being all of who you are, uh, the good, bad, and the ugly. And um, Lord knows, I. I I'm fortunate that I have a long list of, hey, he's done a lot of stuff, but I got a long list on the other side of, you know, he's not very good at any of this. And in fact, some of it, he's horrible, you know. So, like, judgment is a great character strength to have, but the end of the yang is I'm judgmental. Sure. And, and I have to fight that, okay, Be- because typically that's negative towards other people. And, pr- and perspective, that's a great one. It means I see things differently than most people, and that's great. But it also means I'm intolerant of other perspectives. Sure. That's why I have to fight that. Because really, as humans, we're wrong a lot. No, tell me it's not so. It's so, brother. Really? You mean you mean my wife's right about me being wrong most of the time? Uh, 
Well, she's right about that, but she's still wrong about a lot of stuff. Oh, I'm just okay, saying. Good. Yeah, uh, we heard and, it here. And, and Mrs. Casey, <laughs> please forgive Tina? me. Yeah, um, because it's just a human thing. We're yeah. our bias. We by default think we're right. And there's a great book. Think of the title, but it, it talks about exploring the opposites. Hmm. And so, when you have a strong feeling, you you. You receive some stimulus, you hear something, you watch something, and you have a strong feeling about it that is your default. It, it's an interesting exercise to take a second or two and just flip it and say, but what if I really thought not left but right, not up but down, not in but out? And the interesting thing about that is sometimes your mind will be like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe the opposite is actually right. That's, so, isn't that the worst? You're well, like, oh, no. My whole world is flipped upside down. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's the worst or the best. It's one of the two. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But but it, it's interesting, and it certainly promotes valuing other people who have other experiences and other strengths. Yeah. And, and, and other, you know, bias is not a negative word. It's just It's just your default. Mm, it's your default. Yeah. And, and default setting isn't always the right one, but you start somewhere. Yeah. It's and not. move from there. Yeah. I love that you you mentioned that if you're if you're not authentic, they will know it. And it's hard to describe. I'm sure some PhD could try to figure out what sort of micro signals were in it inauthentically signaling. But it almost feels like when you see someone with like a plastic surgery, you know, not not the kind where they're fixing something, but the kind where they're just sort of going above and beyond. And you're like, you know what? You were, you were great. You know, was it the movie stars, right? They change their nose and nobody recognizes them after that. Well, you kind of just look at them and you just, you just know. And the equivalent of listening to that, it's just, it's not good on the ears for some reason. Yeah. I, and I don't, I, I don't know that I can explain it, but I just know that, you know, if we're talking face to face, 70% of our communication is actually nonverbal. Yeah, it's it wild to think about, like even yeah, right now. E- even now, yeah. okay. But it's it's not 70, but but it's something and it's inflection and it's pause. Sure. But 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 face to face for sure foundationally it's literally energy from my body and my brain and energy from your body and your brain. Co-mingling, okay, and and you know Napoleon Hill started. Uh, well, I don't know if he started it, but but he you know he wrote Think and Grow Rich. What sure, yeah, a hundred years ago, hundred twenty. Yeah. You know, still very relevant today. Highly recommend that book. Okay, but but he talked about the mastermind where you get three people of a like mind together. Uh, I think it was I think his version was three, and that there's a fourth mind that's almost created, and it's mm. true. Humans, we communicate, you know, so think about it. Your wife or my wife can communicate a whole encyclopedia of information to me with a single glance. Mm-hmm. Never say a word. And I can be <laughs> like, oh, that was really good. Or, oh, Don, that was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's crystal clear. Um, and so I think... Uh, podcasting at its base level is just communication. communication. It's just a kind of communication. Yeah. Okay. But um, 
but but it's it's just communication and i know people that just do audio and I'm not throwing rocks at them but i'm like why why aren't you recording the video because you're already on a zoom you might as well just record both you know yeah and you get that extra I, I feel like the conversation's way better when you can i mean obviously it is it must be because that's why zoom is a thing we didn't just all do phone calls during covid you know there's a thing something extra to it there's no no doubt about it and so i was doing zoom i had a paid zoom account maybe three years before covid sure okay because because i'm a big believer there's i think there's a there's a, a ladder or pyramid of the uh richness of communication and at the top is face to face actually probably at the at the top Okay, and this may not be politically correct, but at the very top, it's probably sex, okay, which foundationally is a method of communication, and two people cannot be any closer, cannot be communicating any more there richly yep. than they are then. Next would be, but but now let's go to business and strangers, <laughs> okay, face-to-face, then video con, then audio uh, you know, a telephone call, I can still uh, emote and receive emotion. Um, and then beneath that are all of the text forms of communication. And I don't just mean SMS on your phone, but email, a handwritten letter, anything where it's where it's textual communication. You yep. got to have it. But what I what I teach my clients is this: If you're selling or servicing, or you have a high value conversation you need to have, you don't send an email trying to sell it. You send an email saying, "Hey, Casey, can we get on a call today? Is right. tomorrow better?" And that's it. Yeah. Okay. I just want to get I want to get to the call. Okay. And um, and with me, you know, I really want you to zoom. And so my my calendly invitation, you know, kind of stacks it towards Zoom. Though some people do a call, but I think video for podcasting. I would, I would just recommend to anybody if you're thinking about starting a podcast. Mm. Oh my gosh, uh, I can't encourage you enough to record video and audio. And so I do two different forms. I do, you know, so you're in Boston or in New Hampshire really today, but yeah. you're in the Boston <laughs> area today. And I'm in a little town by the name of Keller, which is in Dallas Fort, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, okay, on the, on the edge of town. And, and so we're doing this podcast via Zoom. Right. And, and I do these. I also do studio uh, podcasts where – um, I bring in four or five guests in a day, and my show lasts about an hour for recording. And so we'll run four or five guests that one day. And we record that video as well. And the difference on the studio, so like right now, we're two cameras, one pointed at you, one pointed at me, right. and then Zoom's going to put them together, and then your editing team is going to do whatever they're going to do. Uh, when we record in the studio, we use a three-camera setup. So we have one one camera focused on the guest, one on me, the host, and then one on both. And then my video crew is um, running a mixer 
And so they're flipping camera to camera throughout the show, uh, which takes – I probably couldn't do it, but the video guys, they somehow they can do it and make it work where we don't have to do hardly any editing to that. And, yeah. um, and so it has – think about TV – you know, if, if you kind of put it, if you think about TV when you're recording it, you'll end up with a better product. Even if you just say, Don said, think about TV, and that will bring thoughts to your mind about, well, maybe I sh- should have a better background. And do we have good light? And, you know, is this camera close up and far away? And or am I filling the frame? And blah, blah, blah. Uh, just merely by saying, you know, think about television. Think about television. Talk, talk to me real quick about the in-person. Does, because it's higher up on that, that ladder, do you feel like you get a better interview with someone in person in the studio? Or does the studio get in the way and then it's not as intimate as this like one-on-one Zoom call? So, man, that is really a great question and one no one has ever asked me and I yes. have not thought about and so I'm going to answer it two ways. One, I do think I get a, a richer, maybe not a better, but a richer interview because we have that energy exchange because we're literally nose to nose about 30, maybe 36 inches apart. Yep. Okay. We, we do it on. Go ahead. Got my uh, measuring tape right here. There you go. Looks like we're about the same thing, even though it's 25 inches from screen to face. Oh, there you go. I I, I love it, except I think it's more like 2,500 miles. Um, (laughs) But but through the magic of television, you know, uh, and so I think I think it's a a more rich experience. The studio is going to fall away from the from me and the guest because I'm going to be totally focused on the guest and they're going to return that focus. The The only thing you kind of have to watch for, like here's a big one, is people, some people, me, you know, um, I speak with my hands sometimes, like like, like all the time sometimes. All the time, like right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I, I do, I do. And so... Right. Um, in, in studio, I'll get people who, you know, and we literally put a piece of leather on the desk in front of them because they'll, and I'm, I'm going to make a, this a cardinal sin in podcasting, but I'm doing it with intention for educational purposes. I hit the desk. Yeah. And you get people who make a point and they hit the desk and the cameraman goes, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, and there's this huge noise and it can be edited out but i don't like i like to let it run and so there's there's some disadvantages to being in the studio ultimately it's a richer experience the cameras the mics the lights the tacks are not really gonna be in the way because that radical candor i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna grab all of their attention because i'm giving them all of my attention um and you can focus on them and not get distracted you know cats and add and yeah all I'm, sorts of I'm, things walking around and people now keep in mind I've, I've been in sales like my whole life yeah 
And so um, I've always been one of those people who I was always interested. I really didn't want you to buy unless what I was selling you was worth more to you than your dollars were. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I know that if I take care of you, I'm going to get taken care of. And so um, I've just always kind of had this ability to focus on people. And so that all that stuff will fall away from me. Now, the downside to being in the studio the way we do it is this. I may do five in a day. Hmm. And people who've seen me on the stage or maybe I've facilitated a workshop or they've worked with me, they would, they would be, if you said, okay, Don Williams, extrovert or introvert? And almost 100% would say, oh, huge extrovert. The dude works the room, you know, and people come up and talk. And he's, you know, I, I was at a conference for four days. I wanted to talk to him, but he was always talking to somebody else. And I didn't <laughs> want to interrupt. That's you know? accurate. That's an accurate statement. You know, <laughs> and I hear stuff like that. But the reality is that's not extroversion. That's maybe charm, maybe gregariousness, maybe being outgoing. But extroverts charge their batteries with other people. So if they're tired, they get stronger again around other people. Introverts, on the other hand, get stronger and recharge their batteries by themselves alone. And so I'm a huge introvert. No way, really. Yeah. I can do the, I can do the trade show thing. I can do the convention thing. I can talk all day. But at a certain point, it's like, oh, please don't talk to me. I have to go to the room and lay down for a minute. Yeah. I have to recharge my batteries. And so on a studio day, if we've done – some days we do four. If we've done five, I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I think you have to judge – you know, there's a lot of current thought and current research in energy and what brings you energy and what doesn't. Sure. And um, – and some of that thought is you should not do things that take your energy. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Right. Being around other people takes my energy. Interesting. But it's how I fulfill my mission. My mission is to help others help others. I really can't do that alone. Help others help others. That's really cool figured out that mission that you can lead you on you know uh, do you do you in, do you enjoy it? it it's sapping your energy but it's fun at the same time it's fun okay. i love it i love it but just kind of like if um my wife is an antiquer and we have tons of antiques oh my gosh including me i'm antique um <laughs> But, you just keep getting older every year. Yeah, yeah. Beats the alternative, not getting older. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, but after after a certain amount of time, I literally can turn to her and say, I have about 10 minutes left in my tank. And so I'm happy to support her and to go with her and act like I'm really interested. 
Okay, but at a certain point, and, and I've and I've learned it's just easier for me to say, look, I, I'm about empty, than to go empty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just better. It's I, I'm in a better frame of. I'm a better communicator. I'm just about empty, and so it's the same thing in trade shows. You know, when I speak from the stage, I typically will not leave my room and will not speak with anyone that day. Before or after? Now, after I'm I'm blessed and fortunate that I am gonna, you know, people who line up to talk to you after. We have a name for those kinds of people. Ooh, tell me. They're called customers. <laughs> people who line up and talk with you afterwards buy from you. Got and it. so, and I'm fortunate that um, I have customers after every time I talk, but I know that I have a limited amount of energy, and so I want to show up. You always, you always alert the the people running the show. I'm here, okay. I'll come down and do a sound check the day before, or whatever you need me to do. But don't panic if you don't see me tomorrow until 15 minutes before I'm on. Yeah, you're conserving that. You're just I, you're you're bottling it up so you can I am. You know, be 100 percent or more, 110 for that that presentation. It makes sense. I, I am. And so podcasting, kind of the same thing. Do you do the same thing like before a show? Well, if you have a break, if you're not going but, back to back to back. Well, yeah. On the stu- well, even then, I still schedule a break. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, t- we do like 30-minute. You know, you can do five in an eight-hour day if you do an hour and you take a 30-minute break in between. And you'll need it because people will show up late. True. You know? And, I mean, you'll tell them, now, look, you're slot three in a five-slot day. Okay, and yeah. so I mean, I really need you to be on time. If we're still in the previous show, okay, just wait in the lobby, okay, and and we do it. The studio's glass on two walls, so they can see what we're doing. Yeah. Okay, but it's like don't come in. Okay, we'll you know if we're interviewing, don't come in. And um, but still, you know, I live in Dallas, Fort Worth. You can be you can be late through no fault of your own. Okay, I mean, there can be a wreck, there can be construction or, you know, horror of horrors. There's a wreck and construction. You know, you might be a day late. And it's raining. And it's raining. Yeah, who knows? Talk talk to me about the in-person, because I'm really curious now. If if you've done so many guesting and so many podcasts on, on Zoom, do you almost primarily now do all of your own show in person? No. No. And, then, and then what what's the trigger to that makes you want to then do the in person? So I, the in person to me is is a richer experience, and Got so it. and so I I want to I want to do that. And so for you know Dallas Fort Worth is probably six and a half seven million people. I probably know five thousand people here. Most of the people I know I know through business, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I if if somebody was lived in the Metroplex, I probably would be unwilling to um, use video conference as the podcast platform. I'd be Got like, it. I'd be like, no, I, you know, I do a studio day generally once a month, once every six weeks, 
and I'll let you know when the next one is. And then, you know, there will be like a 9, a 10.30, a noon, a 2, and a 3.30, and you can pick whichever. Because yeah. we're going to take a break for lunch, and we'll buy that third guest lunch. We'll have lunch brought in. And, um, and then uh, after an hour for lunch, because there's, there's the video team, and then my wife is there as kind of hostess. And so, you know, I need about 30 minutes with them to go out of the room yeah at lunch it's like okay i love you but go away and i'll see you in 30 minutes okay or i'll go away doesn't matter but i need a little um re-energized time what do you do during that time i can read it doesn't really matter what i do like does email count just something without people sure i could i could answer emails I could read. I could sit there and close my eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. It's just that alone time. And so I'm an early riser, and so I have about an hour or two every morning before my wife is up, and that just helps keep me, you know, above all else, know thyself. And right. so, you know, I know that about me that I need a certain amount of alone time, and that. And then I can only go so far. And and, right. and, and then I'm not going to be charming and I'm not going to be, I'm going to be cranky and grumpy. <laughs> and, and, and that's not good for me or anybody. You know, there's, and then there's, getting it recorded on, on camera. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, just, yeah that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> that's how you end up on TMZ right there. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh man, uh, it, it makes sense. It's a richer experience. So whenever you have the opportunity to do something in person with someone, you take that opportunity and you've got it set up to be able to have several of those opportunities. And there's a, a cost to it, but at the same time for that richer experience, it could be worth it, especially if they turn into customers and all the other things that, that, that come from a podcast. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, at the, the very least they're going to turn into a, a richer friend. <laughs> a richer right. friendship and at the yeah, very 100%. and at the very most maybe we'll just get rich you right. know we'll do some business together and great things will happen the thing i've not done yet casey that's on my mind is so like i think the last time i saw you in person we were both in washington dc yeah okay um i literally have my uh three camera studio in two suitcases Really? Yeah. So cameras and splitter is in a Pelican, a small Pelican carry-on. Literally, okay. you could carry it on the plane. Okay. And they're, I don't know, two or $300 suitcase, but, you know, the kind that, well, I think they used to have a commercial where a gorilla actually threw it around. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty industrial. Brilliant marketing. Yeah. They're pretty industrial. And then um, lights, tripods, et cetera, I can get in not a carry-on, but like a 26-inch, you know, which, which is a way bigger than I ever travel in. But, but, you know, they're like 21, 23, 25, 26. You know, it's one of the bigger suitcases, but literally could get it all in there. I've not done it yet. I've, I've thought about it. Um, and the flip side is to record, you know, is to use somebody else's stuff. 
just have the video people provide the stuff. Mm-hmm. I've I've done I've done in studio both ways. Okay. Where the video tech team, you know, brought their own gear. I I prefer that less. I have better gear than most of them mm-hmm. and uh, it's not uncommon for a for a video team to have a great camera and then a good camera, right? And um, I have three matching, you know, same brand, same model, great cameras, which makes it really simple to um, edit. You just plug them in, and then editing they're all the same. It is, yeah. And so, and then little things that are just kind of tricks of the trade and i knew none of this when i started but you know before every session you know Mm. i'll hold up a i don't even know what this is called but um it's like uh for those listening it's a rectangle with lots of smaller squares of different colors in there is there like balancing color balance it is yeah thank you and so your your video tech he loves it when you start out with this before. So you start the recording, you don't start the interview, and you just hold this up because that way, when he's editing, he can get all the colors exactly what they're supposed to be. Oh, gotcha. Because there's always some, I'll say distortion. That's probably not the right word. Okay. But, um, but for somebody who's just thinking about starting a podcast, don't worry about all those little fine detail itty bitty things you know get get your iphone or your android and go interview somebody and and do it on a park bench it doesn't matter yeah any way you start is better than every way that you don't start yeah 100 percent. right start ugly get it get it start ugly do it scared start ugly boldly go you know, do something, baby. Insert patience. phrase here. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, patience, my butt. I'm going to kill something. That, that <laughs> Seriously. Um, so many questions I want to ask you, and I need to prioritize them, which is a fun experiment for me. Uh, and so probably the last thing I wanted to circle back around to on the candor is the idea of being in a show and the idea of maybe not breaking character or, or not, you know, or trying to be as perfect as possible versus being that that brutal truth you're talking about. And and I'll lead in with, I, I've seen CNN and all those other, we don't really want that highly perfect you know, model. We want real people. And so I, I've seen podcasting do this, but talk to me about as the host, do you, do you go through, I mean, are you thinking about your, your audience or you or not? And how do you balance wanting the show to be high quality versus being brutally truthful so to me they're not they're not opposites they're not separate to me what makes the best show is you know the brutal honesty and how do you do that in questions how do you do i just like don that makes no sense it does actually but like if if i were to say like that makes no sense i I mean, you don't want to cross the line of being impolite or, but what does it mean to be brutally truthful? Just, and can you do anything to be truthful or do you just? 
So I, th- I think, or, and here's how I do it, and I don't know if this will work for anybody else, but here's, yeah. what, here's how it works for me, is I am one of those people that is just brutally open. And, and because I think it's because I am so brutally open that my guests are brutally open. So I have a really good friend, um, billionaire, okay, and in his episode, and I've known him seven or eight years, in his episode, uh, and this is a, a, a question I ask a lot, I'm like, tell me about, you know, the name, the name of my show is The Proven Entrepreneur, Success Stories, mm. okay, and so I, because I want people to be, I want people to learn from other people who've been there, done that, okay, yep. and 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 maybe the biggest thing they'll learn is, hey, if he did it, I can do it, okay. If she did it, I can do it, okay. But I asked him, I was like, so tell me about a hard lesson, something, you know. I mean, I know you have the Bentley, I know you have your own jet, I know you have two Bentleys, I know you have your own jet, okay. I I, I mean, I know you, okay. And, um, and you're a super guy and you're the kind of guy who, uh, you know, didn't, it's obvious that you made your money. You didn't inherit your money. I mean, you are super, super nice guy, even though you have like all the money of the state of California. Okay. Uh, (laughs) and, um, that's like, so tell me, tell me and tell the audience a tough time sometime when it wasn't going good. And his answer was, I'll tell you about the worst moment in my life. Now, that's not what I asked him. That's kind of a bold question to ask. Casey, tell me about the worst moment in your life. That's that's a tough one, okay? But he said, so, you know I was an attorney. You know I was a CPA. You know I did tax representation, okay? What you may not know is this. I had a client who got in trouble and I got wrapped up in it and I lost my law license and my CPA license and my house and my marriage and my family and my money and my liberty. Now I've known him for seven or eight years. We have on more than a couple of occasions had um, expensive wine or we've had fun. I mean, I, I don't just know him professionally. I, yeah, he's a buddy. I know him, and I did not know that, okay? And after the show, because one thing when I prep, so um, I only do like a 60-second prep before a show, okay? okay? And, and it's like that day. It's like when we get on yeah. the phone, it's like, okay, here's what's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. And one thing I tell everybody is this. So we do very little editing so I'm going to ask you to be as open, honest, and candid as you can and will be. I won't ask you anything you don't. You'll be uncomfortable answering, but I will not prevent you from going anywhere you want to go. I will not pull you back from being really candid. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, the only audio we have ever edited on any of those episodes is I had a really good guest, and and if you're from Canada, you kind of understand this, and I'm not knocking Canadians, okay? <laughs> I have many good friends that are Canadians, but the F word in Canada is not a great big deal, 
Right. I mean, it's just, too, right? It's like, it's almost it's, like a, an adjective. It's just, yeah, it's just yeah. not, you know? <laughs> and um, now I'm from the South and, you know, maybe we think we're more genteel. I don't know. But anyhow, we had to edit the F word about 10 times out of an episode because I'm wow. like, because I'm that. And he's a great guy and a good friend. And I never said anything to him about it, but it's just the way he talks. Well, right. no effing way. And, you know, and so, uh, but other than that, we don't really, or at least so far, we haven't done any um, editing, you know, for content. Okay. But but I, I tell him, I'm not going to take you anywhere you don't want to go, but I'm not going to keep you from going anywhere you want to go. And, and people... You know, we talk about resonance. Does it resonate? Okay. R- honesty resonates. And frankly, it shocks people, Casey. Mm-hmm. Because we live in a dishonest world. And, and I'm not negative on the world. I, I really am one. I'm really probably more optimistic than most people. But I'm also realistic. You know, if you're hearing it on television... You know, I think it's a good strategy to ask yourself, what are they really saying? Mm-hmm. Because I think for almost every agenda, there is some other agenda. Absolutely. You know, there just is. And I don't care which side of the aisle or. Sure, sure. I don't, it, I don't, it, to me, that doesn't matter. People are it's, trying to grift off of something. or they, they, There's some profit motive not, somewhere. Yeah. But it's great great to – I love that idea of honesty resonating, that it's actually and – I, and I think some of the things I was pulling out of what you were saying there is that even though you're not doing a long prep, you're doing this this quick prep, it sounds like you're trying to set the guest up to know they're in a place – I don't say safe, but they're in a they're in an open place. Do you, do you share things with people? I mean, how many people do you know – here, I'm asking like a thousand questions uh, – how do you set people up to be that open and honest person that you're looking for? So, and you probably know this about me. You know, one of my books is is, is a book on gratitude. And it's called Gratitude Stories from Our Hearts. I have 24 co-authors that join me in that book. And I'm a real big believer in the daily practice, the daily intentional practice of gratitude. And so, um, I, and I didn't start today when we got on the phone i don't know why i didn't do that but it's very common for me to say hey what's your one good thing what's something you're grateful for that i do not know and i'll go first okay and so when i do that um you know my gratitude that i'm sharing is never well it was 60 degrees this morning and the sun was shining it was a beautiful day because to me that's i may be grateful for that but that's very superficial and that does not enrich our relationship as you know, humans. And right. so, and so I'm going to share something at a deeper level and, and, and then I'm going to ask them to share. And because I shared at a deeper level, they're going to share with a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And then my prep is like this. So we're going to be on the phone about an hour. We're gonna be on zoom about an hour. Um, the shortest one I've done is 20 minutes, the 20 minutes. That didn't mean it was bad. It was, right. it's a great episode, right? But it's just going to flow how it's going to flow, okay? And so there's no right or wrong. And um, I'm going to ask you eight or ten questions. And and many times I'll be like, what are the questions? I'm like, I'll tell you when I ask them. Um, oh, really? So you're not even letting people know what the questions are in advance? 
No, no, absolutely not. I, I How want about that. What, what would you? Yeah, what, I want. Why that I choice? want radical candor. Not in a judgment way, but like, why that choice to? I mean, I guess it's a surprise, right? It comes down it, to it. it. Well, yeah, it's it's radical candor. I don't. Because I don't. You, if you, you if you've prepared it, real, yeah. If right, you've prepared you it, I don't want it. Response. Yeah, I don't want it at all. And, and literally, um, in my own speaking from the stage and facilitation, I always change twenty twenty five percent of it the day that I'm going to give it. Wow. And so, I mean, I have some. I'll say. You know, I have some tools my tool in my speaker toolbox. You know, I talk about romancing your customer, how delivering exceptional experiences will deliver you customers in massive quantities to spend massive amounts of money. But um, and I talk about you know the concept of wow, how on a scale of one to ten, wow starts at eleven and goes on to infinity, and um, how to lead like a star, how to be an authentic mm. leader, how to be a servant leader, a transformational leader. But I always change a bunch of it that day because I want it to be fresh. And nothing tickles me more. I love to be on a panel or I love um, – one time I was at an event and I was going to speak the next day, but they had a speaker who was out and they thought the speaker was coming. And so like 15 minutes beforehand, you know, they come up and they're like, Don, you're speaking tomorrow and – and we've already, I mean, that's on the agenda, okay? But could you fill this hole? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, man, I love this. Love give, me a, give me a yeah. microphone, and and let's see. I'll talk about this. Will that be okay? And they're like, yeah, that'd be great. And I love that. Um, and so I want, I want your real impromptu, extemporaneous, you know, so many times. And, and. You know, a lot of the people we know are real brainiacs. I mean, they are really smart, smart people. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, that's great. But I'll tell you this. The magic in my own life, business, family, and personal, didn't really start until I started playing from my heart. Mm. Playing from your heart. And so I, I'm a big believer in play from your heart. Your brain will keep you from – every once in a while your brain will veto and say, no, heart, that's stupid. We're not going to do it. <laughs> not happening today, guys. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. But for the most part, if it's not illogical, your brain will just give it the rubber stamp. And you'll find out – and this is my favorite quote of all time, and I'm big – you know, if you see me on social media, I, I'm a – believer in wise words and you know if you look at things aristotle said two thousand years ago they're just as relevant today as they were then you know um but probably my favorite quote of all time is this and this is paraphrased a little bit you are far better far smarter and far stronger than you think and I think that's true of every human. You're far better, far smarter, far stronger than you think. And sometimes I'll ask that in front of 500 people, do you know who the philosopher is? And most of the time I get blank stares. They don't know. I was just going to ask you yeah, who that was. Yeah. That's Christopher Robin in the book Winnie the Pooh. Huh. 
<laughs> by A.A. Milne. Yeah, Amazing. one of my favorite quotes of all time. Uh, far better, far smarter, far stronger than you think. And so um, when we live in our radical candor, that comes out. And will everybody like you? No. And I can remember the first hater I got. I was mm. devastated. I was just crushed. This person sucks. I was like, eh, well, can't win them all, though, right? Well, you kind of have you to get to You don't want them all. You, you don't, and you got to kind of get to that point because yeah. there are going to be some that, for whatever reason, doesn't matter. They're they're just not your peeps, right. and, and that's kind of how I choose to look at it. They're not my peeps, and I appreciate they took a look, and I'd appreciate if they'd keep looking until they found their peeps. Thanks for the view. Keep yeah. moving. Yeah. Move along. Yeah. I feel like I could talk to you all day. We'll uh, we'll have to kidnap ourselves at the next EO event and just set up your lights and just record. And because I feel like this kind of a topic we can talk about forever. But that being said, uh, we've only got so much energy we can use. And so at this point, I just where can people connect with you? Where where do you want to send them forth? What kind of links can we put in the show notes to to get people to your books and your podcasts and all that? So probably the easiest is uh, donwilliamsglobal.com, okay, or theprovenentrepreneurshow.com. And um, and that's going to be the easiest way to find me. And um, I answer my own emails. I'm don at donwilliamsglobal.com. And um, I'm happy. My mission is help others help others. And so... If you need help growing your business, um, I, I'm a helper. Love that. Love that. And, and they should just reach out and get a little, a little coaching. Is that the, the type of program? Is it coaching? Is it? So, so I, I coach, um, but some, sometimes there's really not an opportunity to coach. It's, it's, it's connect. Mm. It's like, oh, I think you need, I think the missing piece to your puzzle is this. Mm-hmm. And, I could do it, but I don't really want to. It's the guy I know is Casey Cheshire in um, New Hampshire. Okay. And you should reach out to him. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't believe you have to, you know, every time you help somebody has to be commercial. You know, I, I think, I think, I think it doesn't. And, um, I'm fortunate enough that with some of my clients, um, you know, uh, I end up having a, a substantial piece of of their business in their life, and mm-hmm. um, because because I really think if you, if you no, I know this. You know, here's the simple recipe for improvement and success: is this. If you need help, ask for help, and keep asking people until you find somebody who can give it to you. But if you need help, you won't get it if you don't ask. Ask for help. Step two is learn something new. If you are thinking about doing a podcast or if you are thinking about improving your current podcast, you probably heard something from either Casey or me today that was new that will Mm -hmm. help you do that. And then the third mandatory step to growth and improvement is act on what you learned. And so if you need help, ask for help. 
learn something new, act on what you learned. And it's almost a law of physics. I can't tell you how well it'll work, but I can tell you it's going to work. Yeah. Prove it. That, not that hard. Don, absolutely amazing, sir. I feel I feel very grateful today to be, have been able to sit down with you, to have a little radical candor and to have a conversation. And I feel like I know you that much better now, understanding why you ask questions the way you do on your show and 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 how you're 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 working on your mission. You're it's just it's work to help further the mission. So I feel very blessed. Thank you so much for coming on here and and teaching me and everyone else. Casey, thank you so much. My pleasure to be here. I'm honored that you would ask. And um uh and I reserve the right to recall the witness and have you on my show. And uh so look for that in the in the not too distant future. Absolutely. And that that's the kind of show I would fly to Texas for. Um I I'll say it's for the richer experience, but maybe it's for the barbecue. But either way <laughs> We can uh, deliver both. Let's do it, man. That that'd be an absolute blast. Uh and for those listening, both. if you learn something and we know you did, because I literally have two pages of notes over here, front and back. Share this episode with one other person, nine other people, 3,000 other people. That's thought leadership. Get good information into someone else's hands. And that just helps others help others. And it just carries on this mission. So again, Don, thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. This has been just an amazing, crazy, cool episode of Creating the Greatest Show. We'll see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short, and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com. For more information on launching your own podcast or working with us to produce your existing show, come on down to the big tent at ringmaster.com. Until then, friends, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Work at it, if necessary, early and late, in season and out of season, not leaving a stone unturned and never deferring for a single hour. That which can be done just as well now. P.T. Barnum.